Hi, my name is Augustinus. I'm a software developer at Oxylabs. So wow. everybody calls me Agi. <laughs> yeah, hi, my name is Alex. I'm a product owner here at Oxylabs. Um, welcome to the first episode of Oxycast. That's right. right. That's <laughs> right. Welcome to the Oxycast. Um, Alex, today we're going to talk about all things web scraping related, but um, I'm pretty sure that you have the concrete topic for today. Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, let's see what this goes, but I think we should be talking about, you know, what is web scraping in general? Why, why is it useful? Uh, what makes it difficult to do web scraping? Uh, what, should, you, should, should you do it at all? I mean, should you scrape the web yourself or just buy the data or, you know, do that sort of stuff? So I think that's the, you know, the, the broad topic of today's discussion, right? Sounds about right. Um, so I think we should probably start from the bread and butter. Um, what exactly is a web scraper? Okay, um, well, web, web scraping. You know, I'm sure there's, there's like a hundred definitions of what is web scraping, but here at Oxalabs, at least, uh, we consider scraping to be, uh, to be the act of, you know, making, making a request uh, to, to a web server somewhere out there uh, to get a piece of data and for that to be happening automatically and that data has to be mostly uh, not meant to be consumed by bots it meant, it's meant to be consumed by sort of live actors so, so scra scraping is automated data gathering from the web where you pretend to be uh, you know mostly a human being um, and you try to sort of get the data this way. So in developer terms, it would be something like um, getting structurized data from raw HTML rather than having something like JSON or XTM. Well, you know, it depends. Uh, sometimes you can get the, the, the structured data right from the source, but mostly um, Mostly, your data gathering from the web will consist on, of the, for at least two parts. So the first part is actually getting some content from out there, right? And the second part is uh, uh, structurizing the, you know, that some content that you get uh, to make it useful to you. So, and that process is called parsing. So uh, for, the, for the purpose of this, uh, this uh, discussion, let's say that scraping is the, the you know, the, the part where you get the data from out there and parsing is where you transform it you know from a bit of html code to something that is structured whether it's a json csv or you know any other format you choose okay and so the obvious question that comes to my mind is why would anybody want to do that yeah <laughs> i mean there are there are a few reasons you would, you would want to do that but you know you wouldn't want to do that, obviously, if, there, if, if you can't use the data, but there's a lot of uses for the data once you get it from the web. So just to mention a few popular use cases, you know, if you want to do SEO, uh, you'll want to sort of keep tracking of, uh, keep tracking where your, um, where, where your uh, domain is among the, you know, search results on, on any uh, web search engine, or if you, Let's say if you want to do a bit of uh, market analysis and find out, you know, uh, the prices that your competitors are selling their, you know, for instance, pencils for, 
uh, on a uh, on hundred different marketplaces, well, you'll soon find that it's very hard, if not impossible, to do it by hand. So you must have an automated system that does it all for you. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, you'll either be looking at a report that's uh, that's got all the you know all the scraped data in it, or you may be looking at a, you know a chart or something like really visually well prepared or that data could be fueling instead of you know just just being available for you to read you could fuel some other processes in your company um, and could be used as input for other stages for instance you could use it for uh, to um, you know you could use the scrape data to just power your dynamic uh, pricing model so you find out you know your competitors sort of pricing level and you adjust your uh, your price based on that you mentioned an example where you talked about finding where exactly we are in the SEO results just to confirm that's not exactly what we do as in we don't form the reports ourselves all we do is just give other people the data so that they can construct the reports themselves right yeah that's right so we mostly operate at a very granular level, if I may put it this way. Um, so for us, a single scraping job is when you get some data that can be found at, at a particular URL. Um, so you get the HTML, parse it, and deliver, deliver it back to you, well, to your customer. So that's a single operation. But if you, let's say you wanna, you know, you want to build a good report, you'll need to do at least, uh, well, a few hundred of these operations to find out how you're, uh, um, how you're doing, basically, you know, uh, where you rank uh, for different keywords in all the various locations, if that makes sense. Because a lot of search engines will uh, return you a different result set based on where you are as a user. And you may also get different results depending on which uh, what kind of or what type of a device you're running the search on whether it's a mobile phone or you know a desktop computer you may get very different results so just to confirm we not only scrape and parse these websites we also put them in a standard data structure so that people could um, use that data for what they want is that about right well we do scraping and parsing mostly um, and I should perhaps mention that when I say we, I'm talking about Oxilabs and uh, uh, the product that's called Scraper APIs in particular. Um, so we do scraping and we do parsing, and then then we sort of you know just just give the re structured result, which is a JSON, uh, mostly. We give that to our customers, and then they try to make sense of it. So the the result actually goes through multiple transformations once it once it gets to the customer, and. Uh, we sort of just, you know, just just assume that they know what they're doing and they can actually derive the insights based on the data that we give them. All right, and um, Alex, just out of curiosity, have you ever had to use a scraper for, for example, one of your own purposes? Um, I'll be honest, I, I didn't have to do it. Well, I mean, I, I haven't done it. I did run, you know, just just try to play around and see uh, see uh, run some tests with our system and see how it works, 
whether or not I'm able to, you know, uh, use it as a regular customer. Well, I've not built my own projects, no. I'm asking because before even joining Oxylabs, I actually have built a web scraper by myself. Yeah. Um, it was for this little e-commerce website where I wanted to, well, it was sort of like, sort of like eBay. Um, okay. It was just a marketplace, like an auction marketplace. Exactly. And people would post all of their own things and try to sell like all of these random things like audio gear and whatnot. Yeah. And the purpose of that was to um, sort of like find the best deals in audio gear. And then I would okay. like to buy those things and then resell it. <laughs> um, and, you know, in my case, building a web scraper wasn't that hard in essence all i had to do was to make an http request and um honestly just parse the html result and that was basically all there was to my little project yeah but i'm assuming that since we're working with such a big company um that there's more than that to web scrapers in general and that there are probably a million of issues that can occur while we try to do this web scraping thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there's at least three types of issues uh, I, I could talk about here. So one, you know, thing that's very evident is that, well, even though you were able to scrape your, your side that you extracted, you know, the, the audio gear sort of uh, listings from, it does not mean that it would be as easy to do it on some other sites that we work with. And, uh, well, perhaps you were lucky, or perhaps you just didn't have a big enough appetite for the data so that, you know, the, the site would really notice that. Yeah, that that's about like right. That. I made like 100 requests top per day. Yeah. And, uh, that's just, you know, 100 requests per day with your home IP, that shouldn't raise too many red flags for, for most sites. Uh, so that's that's all right. But imagine if you want to do it, if you want to scale your your operations like tenfold or a hundredfold. At some point, you would run into issues, and uh, you know at that point you start thinking how how can I optimize this and uh, you know not just uh, not just keep like stupidly just bombarding the site with requests and see uh, you know trying to trying to trying to collect your data somehow. So you must develop smart ways of scraping sites, and that includes, um, well, you know, managing the proxies that you that you are using. So well, first of all, you should use proxies, right? <laughs> right. So these are the smart ways to scrape a website, as in you're not actually using your own home IP address, but you're using some proxy to forward the traffic into the other websites that you're trying to scrape. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what proxies does is just it just masks your IP address, so instead of the the web server you're trying to get straight data from basically uh seeing your uh your ip address your home ip address what it sees is uh, is an ip address of a proxy server and then imagine you have a hundred of those uh, proxy servers so instead of being seen as this big entity that's trying to scrape something from you know a search engine uh what the search engine sees on its side it sees a hundred small entities with the IPs that are assigned to your proxy servers, right? Uh, the, the search engine only sees those and it's a bit harder for it to really uh, bring it all back to you and, you know, sort of come to a conclusion that it's, you know, this, this, uh, this bad guy basically that's trying to scrape us, right? 
So that's just step one. That's, that's the, the, you know, the, 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 the first point where you should start uh, optimizing your scraping activity, but the, there's so much more. Like to, what? Well, you know, you, you could look at your request that you are sending to the, uh, to the website. Cause you see when you're, okay, well, to get a bit techy here, when you're sending an HTTPS request, you're making a get request to a, to a particular, and you're asking the, you know, the web server to return whatever is on the URL that you're asking to retrieve, basically. Um, but you're not just asking for stuff. Uh, you are sending a bit of information about who you are. So they get stuff like your uh, ability to consume uh, compressed content, uh, the language preferences you may have on your browser, the browser and operating system model. And you know, um, they may also get some information of whether, if you've been on the site before as a, as a real user, um, uh, you will you will have received a set of cookies from, you know, in most cases from, from the webmaster or website. Uh, and with consecutive requests, you would be sending those cookies as well. So there's the whole, you know, sort of user fingerprint that comes into the picture here. And if you're if you're trying to scrape that is gather data automatically without you know too much human interference you will have to form a, a fingerprint that's believable to the to the site you're trying to scrape so that can be tough at times and is it correct to say that a lot of what we do here at Oxylabs is exactly that, preparing those fingerprints and making sure that we essentially don't get blocked by these websites. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a huge part of what we do here. And uh, it's not always easy, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, you can, I mean, as I've worked in this company for, for like four years and it's always been a, a game of cat and mouse and uh, you know the we would evolve our ability to scrape a particular site and then they would evolve the uh, their uh, their capabilities of you know uh, finding us out and then blocking us so so it's pretty hard for newcomers to come into because there are probably already all of these like strategies that websites use in order to block you from yeah man i mean it used to be much easier but now now it's getting harder um, definitely, and uh, the thing is, you cannot just build it once and uh, you know forget it. You have to regularly get back to tweaking your approaches to, you know, it's a pet. It's something that you keep maintaining for a while. And... Yeah, yeah. There's, you've got to. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're trying to scrape a website, you will want to monitor how successful you are at doing it, and then you see your success rate dropping you know, below a certain threshold. And that's, that's the point where you would uh, usually say, well, I must, must do something. Um, because in a lot of cases, even, even if you're making a, a request that, you know, does not really bring you useful data, well, you get blocked basically, you get a captcha to solve, right? Um, in a lot of cases, you will still be consuming traffic while you're making those requests and, um, and usually for, uh, you are paying for your proxy traffic. So you are paying regardless whether you're getting good results or not, you're paying for the traffic. 
so you better you know optimize your <laughs> your your scraping approach uh, so that you're not spending too much on your traffic. And then when you use something like our products, you not only get a website scrape, you also get you know a bunch of these like dependencies like the proxies that we use sort of paid for you already. Or, or yeah, I mean it's all included in the price. Uh, so you get really you, you don't really need to manage proxies or as a user you don't really need to worry about their, uh, whether there are proxies or not. You just tell us what to scrape, um, you know, give us a few parameters we can work with and then we will figure out the, the optimal approach towards a particular site or URL and get it done in real time. All right. Well, we have all of these like blocking issues, but then another question that comes to my mind is that you probably can't scrape every single website on the internet. It's probably a bit more difficult than that because when I had to make my scraper, the process of, of parsing the HTML was that I had to find specific um, CSS selectors and you know I just had to go through the website with HTML inspect and find those identificators basically yeah. to get me the data that I need. But yeah. when you are trying to do a product that handles all of those cases, yeah. it's probably not as easy. There's yeah, um, I mean, scraping can be generalized much easier than, than parsing. So, you know, when, so just, uh, if you know how to create a good, a believable fingerprint, you know, that works on one side, if you optimize it enough, it's going to work on, you know, a bunch of other sites basically. So the knowledge you you have you know well you have built while figuring out how to build a good fingerprint so that you can scrape something. Uh, once you once you have that knowledge, you can apply it to scrape a lot of different sites. But then with parsing, well it's it's a different game with parsing because um, each website or each page type, page type on the website you're trying to scrape, it will have a different element layout. So whether you're using, you know, uh, XPath, regex or, or CSS selectors, you will uh, have to, you, you will have to define your selectors for every particular page type you, you, wanna, you wanna parse because you will find your useful elements, for instance, your, you know, uh, your product title, your price, or you know, whatever else there may be, uh, you will find them in different places within the HTML code. So, you, we, so even though you can, once you learn how to scrape, you can apply the knowledge across a lot of different sites quite seamlessly, right? Um, you will have to more or less uh, build your parses from scratch for each individual type uh, of page you are trying to, to parse. Um, so, um, I guess I don't really feel like my question was answered here. Um, the idea is that we can scrape a lot of websites, right? We have the technology to scrape basically anything. Well, yeah. I'm saying basically, well, yeah. there's, there's probably a bunch of exceptions, but... Oh, well, yeah, you know, every time you sort of think you can do everything, that becomes a side that... Yeah, but... What I wanted to ask was the, the parsing part is, is sort of unclear to me. We can scrape a lot of things, but we yeah. probably don't know how to parse most of the things. 
that we scrape, right? Because as you said, every website is unique. They have their yeah. own HTML structure. Yeah. You have to find the selectors or the regexes or whatever you want to use to ID the specific elements or yeah. the specific data that you want to get out of that website. And so um, my question is, how do we handle those cases where we don't really know how to parse a specific website? Do we just tell the client that, I'm sorry, we just don't know how to do that, or? Well, you know, it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a technical question. I mean, the, the thing you are asking, it's, it's, it's always possible to find a selector that matches the, the stuff you want to parse. So given enough time and having spent enough effort, you can build a parser for any page type. The right. question is for us whether it's worth actually building it for our clients or, you know, they're, well, we must have a financial incentive to do it, right? Because we're a business. So just finding that common ground with our client and, you know, agreeing that, well, they're going to they're gonna pay us for it. If we build it, you know, they're actually going to use it. If we have that kind of understanding, we can, uh, we can justify building something from scratch. So if I come as a new client to Oxylabs and I find that you don't exactly at this moment support parsing a specific website. What you're saying is that in those cases, because there are probably cases where you just can't really parse websites. Um, or, or, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you tell me. I think, I think it's mostly doable. Um, but, you know, the question is whether it's worth it, whether it's worth our effort, and whether it's worth for the, for the client to actually, you know, pay for the uh, to wait, you know, a couple of weeks at least while we build the parser and then, you know, uh, subscribe to using it. Okay, I got myself some water, Alex. <laughs> um, I had a thought that um, I remember seeing this thing as a universal source in one of our products. Or, um, and what I remember seeing specifically there is that um, you can basically select any website that you want, right? And when yeah. you select any website, I'm assuming that you will have some standardized response, JSON response from that website. Yeah, well... Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, meaning that we do probably have some rules in order to parse a website completely and then, um, you know, no matter what kind of website it is, and that we probably can't always succeed with those rules. Mm. And then that also probably means that that data that we end up parsing there doesn't always make sense. It's not what the client always needs, right? It's a, it's a loaded question. <laughs> oh. uh, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we, we can scrape almost any, any website out there. Uh, like I said, you know, if you want to build a parser, mostly you have to build it for the page type you want to extract, you want to parse the, the bits out of, right? Uh, well, we have this um, machine learning based parser um, we call it the adaptive parser. So basically it's an ML model that we fed a lot of uh, e-commerce product pages into. Um, and we label the data so that, you know, every page, uh, the, the model knows on every page well, uh, where there is the, the price, the, the title, the bullet points of That's you know, item description, things, uh, things like that. First time I'm so, hearing about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. 
So we fed a lot of data into that model and basically now it's able to make a really good prediction on uh, where you'll find the price, the title and you know all the other descriptors of the, the key uh, information that yeah. you usually need. Yeah, the key information uh, of where to find it on a page that you that that we've not seen before basically. Mm -hmm. So even uh, even though it's the, it's something that we we've not seen before we've not worked it before we're, we're still able to extract the you know the the basic information that's the, that really most of our customers still have to extract anyway and so for those cases that this doesn't work that's where you meant that we actually invest an additional amount of time where we um, talk with our clients and you know make sure that the websites are parsed correctly and yeah. all of that yeah uh, I mean so there's two two things. We may be unable to parse, you know, particular layout completely. Well, you know, it just may happen. It just may happen. You never know. So that may happen. And the other thing is that, uh, well, some clients have really custom requirements. You know, they don't want to just get the standardized. You know, the you know the 80 percent sort of of their requirements. You, they want to have exactly what they need, and that may not be what we provide as part of our standard with, output. With this machine learning application. Yeah, you can just do so much, you know? Right. And if you want something that's really, you know, tailored to, to your particular needs, you will you will have to either do it yourself or ask us nicely to do it for you. Okay. Well, Alex, that's a lot about parsing. Um, I wanted to come back to um, what we thought was going to be our talk for the day. Um, we wanted to talk about all things parsing related. Yeah. And um, can you remind me of the other things that we wanted to talk about? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we should should discuss whether or not you should build your own scraper and, and pause I'm, it. I'm pretty sure it. that by now I'm convinced that it's not always worth the effort. But yeah. Well, I mean, you know. The way I look at it is you can, a lot of companies we work with right now, uh, they have built their own stuff before and they know just how hard it is. And they, at some point, they realize that, that they want to concentrate on the, on the part of their business where they generate, you know, the, the most value. And that, in most cases, is not scraping or parsing. It's the, the analysis of the data that, we, that they extract from the web or you know some other place uh, but that's you know so so that's how after this realization it's much easier to make a decision to just buy a solution that's out there instead of trying to build your own stuff because um because we are you know we and the even some other companies even some other solutions they are reliable enough so that you can just set it up and uh, stop worrying about it it just works yeah it does <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing. Nothing is perfect, right? Uh, but but we we work well enough um, to to be able to provide this uh, this service to to hundreds of clients. And so, is our reliability something that we are proud of? We probably are, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. We have all of these monitoring tools and I keep walking into the office and I keep seeing the two monitors with our Grafana boards where we watch all <laughs> of these things. And yeah, I mean, 
there's a mantra in our team like there's never enough visibility or and observability or whatever you want to call it monitoring tools there's never enough and you know, at this point, I'm not sure whether it, we, I should take it as a joke or whether it's the, you know, it's, it actually is true. But it seems like the more, uh, the more data points you have about your system performance, well, the more you realize that there's something you don't know and you wanna, you know, sort of dissect it and get more visibility into the insights of every process. That, and then you're trying to build new stuff as well. So what will happen is you will never have enough visibility for everything. You can just cover them, you know, the, the main points and then sort of, you know, if you have time, just try to go into more depth. But there's never going to be enough visibility, just, just uh, you know, sort of an okayish level that you can really cope with. And so on the topic of visibility, do we see that we talked about all the things that are important to scrapers? Yeah, I would say most of them. I mean, we certainly know when things go, go wrong. And um, we have good tools that help us figure out what went wrong and you know what, what was the root cause of the issue so that we're able to eliminate it, uh, uh, well, at least in the, in the least amount of time that we can do it. Well then, on the topic of visibility, I'd like to call this an end for today. Um, Alex, it's been an honor to have you. It's been so fun to hear about all of these things yeah. from you. <laughs> yeah, um, good talking. I mean, uh, it's, it's an honor to be opening this, uh, um, this series of podcasts. So thanks for, for having me here. I loved it, Alex. And on the topic of visibility, I'd like to also remind you to look at our social media. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Anything I'm missing? Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, that's the three, yeah. The magic trio. <laughs> Alex, um, do you happen to know or do you happen to have any last words for today? Yeah, scrape responsibly and far safely. Thank you so much <laughs> for being with us. Once again, welcome to the OxyCast. I'll see you another time. Cheers.